You're listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast with Jody Livingston, episode number 37. I hope you have some great expectations for this episode, because it is great. Welcome to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast, helping you survive and thrive in youth ministry. And now your host, Jody Livingston. Well, hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. Thanks for tuning in and listening wherever you are and wherever this finds you today. Thanks for making this podcast today a part of your day. If it's your first time listening and checking out the podcast, welcome. Thanks for heading on over and giving it a listen. And if you're coming back, well, as always, thanks for coming on back. You can find me on the Twitter sphere at at Jody Livingston. That's J-O-D-Y Livingston. And of course, over on the Facebook at The Longer Hall. All of the links and resources mentioned in today's show, you can find over on the show notes page at thelongerhall.com slash episode 037. That's thelongerhall.com slash 037. I'm excited for today's interview. Our guest today is Zach Workin, and he is the co-host of an excellent youth ministry podcast called After Nine. And so if you haven't already checked that out, I encourage you to do so. Great podcast, very high quality for sure. Uh, just really, really good, good stuff on there. You'll hear him talk a little bit more about that in the show. So I will let him do that in the interview rather than me. He is a youth ministry veteran, though, who has come and gone from the great state of Oklahoma and then come back again. And so he's going to talk with us today a little about about expectations. What does that look like? What do as far as the expectations that we have in leaving. And so in his context, we talk about leaving to pursue uh, school and seminary and what the expectations were there, what the expectations were coming out of that, and even then going back kind of to the home state nearby and what all that looked like, expectations felt from churches and a whole bunch of other stuff. We also talk a little bit about networking and the importance of that. So you're going to make sure you check it out for sure. He is a uh, good guy, and it's a great, great interview um, for you. So I hope you have some great expectations today for this. And so with all of that said and all that out of the way, we'll jump in here today to today's interview with Zach Workin from After Nine. Well, hey, Zach, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for coming on. I'm excited to have you on today to talk about expectations. Uh, particularly, I think that's such an important thing to consider. Oh, absolutely. You know, yes. whether... yes. Man, whether you're just starting out, part-time, full-time, you've been doing this a long, long time, uh, in a time of transition, just going through a time of transition, like really any scenario along the way, um, I think it's really, really important. I'm especially grateful to, for you to take the time to come on. You're driving in your car right now. Man, I love technology. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's great. We're, we're in the car. We're making it happen. It's great. This is, well, it's better than texting and driving. And so... That's right. That's right. It's safer. So, yeah, yeah. Podcasting and driving. Podcasting <laughs> and driving. So... Anyway, uh, if you don't know, if you don't know Zach, he is uh, the co-host and co-founder of a podcast called After Nine. Yeah, he is a youth pastor, youth worker, seminary grad guy loves youth ministry. On your way right now to go meet with some youth pastors. In fact, state level, yeah, man, doing the meeting thing. So out there in the middle of nowhere. 
flyover country, Oklahoma. Yeah, so Tulsa, Oklahoma City, uh, you know, Oklahoma is home. I spent some time in North Carolina as well. Um, but hey, Jody's listeners, I'm Zach Working, and I am a co-host for After Nine Youth Ministry, and Jody and I are good friends uh, because of podcasting yeah. and because of the internet age we live in and social media connections. And so That's right. You gotta love connectionalism. Uh, so, you know, driving today, uh, Oklahoma, doing youth ministry out here. Grew up in Oklahoma and uh, grew up in a great student ministry. Uh, I am a product of a good student ministry and a student pastor because of the efforts of student pastors that have gone before. And the student pastor that I had growing up is still a mentor today. And so I always say that I'm operating out of a, a positive experience and not a negative experience of youth ministry. Uh, did some work in Oklahoma City for four and a half years or so as a youth pastor, and then moved out east to North Carolina for three and a half years to go to seminary at Duke Divinity. Uh, graduated there after working with some different churches, and then moved back to Tulsa, which was kind of like moving back home, but not exactly. And so I've been at a church here in Tulsa for the last couple of years or so, and it's been great. And so having been there and then left and come back. It's a hobbit's journey, Jody. So I'm I'm pretty tall for a hobbit, but it is kind of a there and back again kind of tale. Well, you have hairy Uh, feet. I do have hairy feet. So I'm a very tall bearded guy with hairy feet. Uh, So it's kind of like a half wizard, half hobbit. It all makes sense. Yeah, It all all works out. Yeah. So let's talk about expectations. Man, this is, yeah. No, you you said, hey, I want to talk about expectations. And I said, no, I, I want to talk about expectations. So... Yeah, so you left, and left. what kind of yep. expectations come with leaving? I mean, because when I think of this, here's, here's what I'm thinking of. I think uh, you probably have expectations for the the ministry that you're leaving of yeah. what will happen after yeah. you leave, and then of course you know you're you're looking and thinking ahead. Yeah. But within that also is like what you're going to do once you leave. Next. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So how did all that play out? So uh, the, the the leaving Oklahoma City part was was bittersweet. Uh, so the church I actually served in was my home church, and so there was a deep deep history of being a student there, leaving for undergrad, and then coming back to serve there on staff. And so my my heart still goes out to them, and I still am in frequent contact with the pastor there, and then the youth minister that followed me there. And so it, it was hard to leave. For me, the expectations of leaving, I think, were better received because I was leaving to go to seminary. Right. Uh, I know I know that for helps. a lot of folks, it, it helps because it's a very specific thing that doesn't endanger my relationship with the students. Like, this was not like, hey, everybody, I'm going to keep doing the thing I'm doing, but at a different church right down the road or, right. or, what, or, or you know, whatever it is. Or, hey, I'm— I'm actually done with young people. I'm going to go hang out with adults now or, or, or whatever the transition is. So for, for me, that particular transition was was uh, pretty well received because it was like I'm going on to the next part of the journey for stuff. Uh, but it was – I mean I remember that last Wednesday kind of midweek gathering with them. Like I gave my last talk and everybody knew. and We, we, we didn't like promote it, but people kind of knew that like after that, like Karen and I and my wife were getting ready to kind of you know pack up and move east. And so, you know, we kind of, you know, didn't make like a big celebration about it, but kind of, you know, people knew. And so some former students that had graduated and gone to college that were back that summer came around, some former youth workers and stuff were in the area. And, you know, that night we, you know, we had some songs and I shared a little bit and we had that kind of like song of response after. Um, And after the band kind of finished that song, it just, it was really heavy. And it was just one of those moments. It was like, who speaks first? Like, what do we say now? 
And so there was a certain kind of like mourning and loss. Um, but I they say keeping in touch with them. I mean, it's been like five and a half years ago, but keeping in touch with them, uh, there, there's a lot of folks that have graduated out of that ministry that are still serving in that church, uh, in roles as deacons in roles in the youth ministry and children's ministry. But I say, I'll never forget that night and just kind of like be almost kind of like, like grieving and mourning that kind of went with like, you know, here is a chapter that we're closing. Yeah. I think leaving is always hard. Um, even, I mean, really, even when you're in a situation where you just cannot have to, you, you, you just, <laughs> you, you're, you're leaving in a very unhealthy, you know, you've got to get out. Right. Or you're a lot yeah. of guys, you're, you're just wanting to leave. I mean, I had, uh, I had a student on that's in our college ministry now a few episodes back and, uh, talking about from his perspective when the youth pastor left and what that was like. And, yeah. and then me coming in and kind of that, that transition on that side of things. Um, and you know. I think it's just hard. It's always hard, for sure. So, okay, let me ask you a question before we go any further. So you grew up in the church, and then you became the youth pastor. Yeah, so grew up in the church, went off to undergrad in a couple cities over, away from everything. And then when I was getting ready to graduate undergrad, my fiance, my wife, my wife now, fiance at the time, and I knew that she needed to finish grad school in a town that was close to Oklahoma City. Or she, we needed to live in a town that was close to where she was finishing grad school at the University of Oklahoma. So we needed to be probably in the Oklahoma City area. And the pastor of my home church called me and was like, hey, we're looking for a youth pastor. You should put your name in. Hmm. And I was like, no, no. I'm like, that's that's weird, right? Like, that's that's a weird thing to do. And he's like, no, just put it in and see what happens. And so we applied there. We put our name in other places as well. Uh, to do some either college ministry or music ministry. Um, but sure enough, like they called us back and like what we talked about and like them knowing that kind of, you know, we were here until Karen finished her master's level work and then seminaries on the horizon and they were okay with all of it and they were well received. And, uh, you know, obviously there were some unique things that came with working at your home church, uh, yeah. but there was really kind of a, kind of a, a good cradle of, of growth as well, because I felt like I already knew the people I needed to know. Like I didn't have that like new church, new pastor mentality of like, all right, so we need some drivers for the event. Who are the people that I call your kind of thing? Yeah. Right. And there were some known entities and then also some known problems that I felt like going in. I'm like, okay, I kind of know what's, what's at work here. Yeah. Now were there, how are the expectations there from their perspective, you coming in? Um, I'm not really sure. I, I would have to like, probably probably ask them what they were kind of expecting of me. I, I was just expecting to come in and do what I had seen done as a student ministry student. Yeah. And so because it was my home church and because I was literally walking into the office of my youth pastor and sitting down behind his old desk. Which is, because that's weird. It's so weird. Like when you go through the books to clean out the office and it's like your former youth pastor's names on the front of a lot of them and you're like, yeah, he bought this. Uh, and so there, there is the kind of like, that. hey, he bought this curriculum and never used it. Or wait a minute, he didn't write that? And so there was a lot of, <laughs> there was a lot of those kind of moments. Uh, so I, I don't know. Expectations are tough to say. I mean, I, I felt like I was a very much a fresh-faced Bible student because yeah. in my undergrad stuff, I, I studied uh, Bible and theology and church history. And so I didn't really do a lot of ministry classes. So I was just coming in, in like the, the way I was doing stuff uh, was in a, a lot of, uh, analogy to just what I had seen done. Yeah. Um, but the, what I was trying to bring was, you know, all of my, you know, weighty new learning, like any fresh faced Bible student graduate would have. And so I think I got to learn a lot of the ministry stuff because of, 
you know, the various resources and books and learning labs and, you know, blogs, you know, six years ago were all over the place. And so there was a lot of key people um, online and, and from books and resources that I read to help me put together things like a youth ministry philosophy or strategy or architecture and that kind of stuff. And so then you left for school and then, oh, so, so coming out of school now and coming back into vocational ministry for one. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's expectations. And then to kind of go back near home again. The home state again. Yeah. So if, if you would have asked me in the middle of my seminary career, hey, what's the last thing you're going to do after you graduate here? I would have probably said youth ministry in Oklahoma again. <laughs> and not because it was a bad experience, but I was just like that. That was I've never really felt like that was like the call I was going to land on. Like I love young people and I love, you know, having an excuse to stay up with new music and new apps and new tech savvy things. Um, and you know, I, I get to play video games with kids and I love that. Uh, but that's never been like, man, I'm just like looking for a youth ministry kind of deal. And so I, I think that was the kind of an unexpected bit of that. I, I didn't expect to return to make the re-return to my home state to do, in, in very many ways, the exact same kind of thing I was doing before I left for school, which I'm sure for some would make school feel a little bit like it wasn't necessary, which is another <laughs> conversation, because it very much was. I mean, it was. I, I'm a better minister because of my time spent uh, in seminary, sure. and especially for me, like to be a full-time student in seminary was a very uh, gratifying and, and, and growing kind of experience. Um, but to go back to Oklahoma Youth Ministry again, uh, wow, I, I knew I wanted to be in vocational ministry. Like I've always, my call has always been, I need to serve the local church. Like whatever that looks like, I need to serve the local church. Yeah. And so you end up back in Oklahoma. Yep. And you're walking into another youth ministry position, vocation. Another youth ministry. And then here's the, here's the double layer, Jody. Here's the double layer. The church I'm at now was the church that I interned at two summers in college. And so, I mean, this, this is, I mean, people talk about like Methodist connectionalism. This is like, so Baptist networking is like Methodist connectionalism. And it's like, you just, you always want to keep those names in your, in your phone book. You always want to keep those names in your directory. Um, because again, I'm finishing seminary and when you're Baptist, you apply everywhere uh, because it's a call system and you're hoping somebody will make that call. (laughs) Right. And so, well, I think that's uh, a good point though, because I think I know like for me, especially as a younger youth pastor when I first started out. And I think a lot of young youth pastors probably, I think I underestimated the value of networking. Yeah. Um, Well, because it it feels like a dirty word, right? That's the word that like business people use that church folks shouldn't use because we, we do things differently. And I I think there's a way to do it dirty where you don't actually care about people, but to have your former mentors keep you close and to have people that you care about, you know, to to like, you know, stay up with them. It's important. It's the way we, you know, stay connected to what's going on because nobody, nobody wants to hire off a piece of paper. Right. And I think that's, I think that's a good point too. I I think, man, where I, even now, I mean, gosh, even now, um, I love so much and benefit so much from just networking with other youth pastors in my area. Um, and sometimes that looks like us doing events together. Most of the time yeah, it means yeah. having lunch together and just a lot of coffees. Yeah. Uh, and just being able to kind of pray for another, support one another and, and talk through things that, you know, they, they do well, the guy across the street or down the road, you know, across town yep, and he's, yep. he's killing it in this area and I'm struggling. And so help, help me understand how you're doing this. Uh, not so that I can replicate what you're doing, but so that I can create that in my environment and context. And, yes. Yes. Uh, I think that's, I think that is something that is often neglected um, in that. And you may be in a context where that's not really possible in the sense that there's not a lot of youth pastors near you. 
Yeah. But you can well, still reach out and find folks. You can. I mean, I, I think, again, like Sam, I think about our friendship and conversation. I mean, we're both Baptist youth ministry guys in different states. I mean, there would be ways that we might happen to run in each other at a conference or something, but it really is through the digital means that we found each other. Yeah, and so sure. I, th- I think part of it's the looking for it. And I think that's the part that people shy away from is they just assume networks will happen upon them. But I, I think you have to go about building a network. And I, yeah. I think you do it with a certain kind of earnesty and a genuineness. Like, I, mean, I think, you know, when you go to a conference event or when you go to, I mean, e- even if it's a local, like just citywide or even statewide gathering of, you know, associate pastors or youth pastors or whatever your context kind of derives, like try to make one new friend, you yeah. know, don't, don't just have a friend and be good with it, but try to make a new friend and find out what somebody else is doing for the benefit of getting better, for the benefit of learning and then for future stuff too. I mean, I think about how much trust is involved in youth ministry and how nobody wants to be the person that vouches for someone they don't know very well. Right. And so we, right. we want to say, yeah, man, like he's really good at this or like she's the best at that. So when someone says, Hey, I'm, I'm really looking for somebody on my staff that is like good at this. Like I know who that person is because I know them. So, I so think you're really saying important. that, um, like I have this business card holder that like, I put business cards in when I open it, yeah. it like shoots for, to, flames to go drop out. off in fish, fish, fish bowls for free lunches. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, this thing like shoots flames out of the middle. Yeah. A little, yeah. I, I picked it up at a magic, <laughs> like that's probably not the best approach. Right. Like, no. Well, I mean, if you're just trying to collect cards, then that's a different kind of game, right? <laughs> yeah, that's like that's the just, kind of the sleazy part, right? Where yeah, if you're just trying to collect everybody's card, I mean, I don't know. Like, and, and again, like I, I think it's one of those. Um, People know why you're doing it. People know why you're about it. And because there's such a like a multi-tiered way now to engage on Twitter and Facebook and email, uh, that's so uh, more seemingly genuine than just trying to collect phone numbers um, at a conference or whatever. Yeah. There's ways to, to like to hone your search and to kind of like grow. Your, I, mean, I think about all the Facebook groups. I think there's like five or six. Uh, youth pastor Facebook groups now that are like over 3,000 to 5,000 youth ministers. Clearly there's other people in the struggle. Clearly right. there's other oh, people yeah. in the midst. Sure. Uh, don't just engage with them at a surface level. If someone writes a question you think is a really honest and powerful question, try to friend them and talk to them. I think yeah. it's important. Yeah. Well, and I think even like, okay, even like in the sense of uh, like the longer haul, you know, if, if there's yeah. a blog post or if there's a podcast episode and Man, if there's a space to leave comments and you can add to that conversation or, or, yeah, or yeah. ask a question. Like, for one, that's super encouraging for me that sure. people are taking the time to do that because I know that, man, time is a big deal. But, I mean, I've seen that happen where, you know, people have commented or asked a question or and then someone else kind of answers and chimes in and this whole kind of community builds. And, I mean, I have yeah. a phenomenal community at the Longer Hall. They're, these guys are amazing. Um, but, you know, those are opportunities where you can create community and network kind of beyond and outside. And I'll say this too. This is, you can tell me you're kind of in the podcasting realm now. So that you probably get this. I have a lot of people that will, um, kind of email me or reach out and say, Hey, I'd love to come on your show and share this and that. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm, I mean, that's, I have guests. So people end up coming on the show, obviously, but if you really want to reach out to somebody that you really look up to find something that they're teaching. Yeah. Or sharing. Put yeah. that into practice. Yep. Make yep. it work, and then share how that worked for you. Share yeah. the success of that, um, because it's hard, man, sometimes to do that. But I don't. At the same time, I'll say this: I don't think you need to reach out to everybody that's beyond 
you and where you are. Like find people near you that you're going to be yes, consistent yeah. to invest. Well, in you, your you life need to. from your context. You, you need somebody that is is fresh to your context that is seeing it differently. You need somebody that's been there for a while. I mean, I was there's there's a guy across town who's been a Tulsa youth minister for 20 plus years. Yeah, uh, he's been at a couple different churches, but he's been in youth ministry in Tulsa for almost 20 years. I mean, I. I try to call that guy once a month yeah, and sure. I'm like, man, like, what are you learning now? I mean, the place he's been at now, I think he's been there for six or seven years. I'm like, what's, what's going on? I mean, yeah, he's, you know, like, you know, four or five miles down the road, but it's still close enough that I need his wisdom. I need his experience. And then there's another guy that he and I talk a lot um, because we feel like we're, we're pulling from a lot of the same kind of, of context. I mean, there's a high school. I mean, I, I mean, every town has high schools, but like, you know, the high school that we're pulling from, you know, when there's, issues surrounding like depression and suicide and runaway like he and i are like you know handling students that are interconnected with those students on on different sides of the block and so it's it's wise for us to share you know like man how are you receiving this what do you see this really going on and that's that's such an important thing and that and that is an honesty that it is nothing to do with i'm trying to grow my network for my next job that is we are trying to co-labor in this ministry thing together and so that's one of the things that for for chad and i my other co-host for for after nine uh we really had the kind of onus of we've got to start some conversations with honesty because everybody wants to have them, but nobody wants to talk first. Right. And so there's just so many of those questions about like, man, like I feel like my kids are just like overwhelmed this week. Somebody else is probably feeling that too. And so we just got to start the conversation and then make space to listen to hear what other folks have to say. Yeah. And I I think, I think to always have an attitude of learning is so important and to not like, I mean, I, I don't have all this figured out. You know, I'm, every week brings new challenges. Every week I'm, I'm learning as I go, uh, just like everybody else. And Well, and if, if, you, if you go back to your friend list, I'm pretty sure the people you like the most in your life are the ones that are still asking questions and still waiting to hear answers and not trying to interject all the things that they know. Sure. Like that, that for me, like that's like the true basis for a good friendship is, are they still trying to learn? Do they still have new questions are they giving me better questions yeah i think just pursuing that and humility and perfectiveness mm-hmm. and that's especially important like if you're in the context where you have one high school or two high schools that you're pouring and in, investing in or middle schools like man even more so do you need to be networking and working together for that yeah that cause? yeah like, you you should know all the youth pastors in town yeah. like <laughs> my, yeah, my context yeah. i mean i was i was making a list for a guy today you know i've got six or seven high schools that we are, we have students in that are, you know, four or 5,000 plus. Yeah. I mean, they're, yeah. you know, some of them. And so it, it's, it, that's a different animal yeah. altogether. But if you're, man, if, even then, it's even more important for me also, you know, because you can only do so much. But that's right. That's so, right. okay. So we went off topic there, but I think that was important for sure. The networking expectations, good things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> okay. So when you're coming back in, then what kind of expectations did you have coming back in? to youth ministry? So I think coming back in the second time around, I, 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 to, to borrow, borrow from you, uh, Joey Livingston, Mr. Jody, uh, <laughs> is, is I, I wanted to build a culture. And so one of the things that I, I, I knew about the church is that they were a healthy church. And for me to come in and try to do the show was not what they needed because they were already healthy. Like this wasn't like I needed to come in and kickstart some youth fire for for the, you know, this kind of aging congregation, like the place I'm at now is quite honestly, one of the coolest, healthiest churches I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Like it's, it's denominational enough. It's 
very multi-generational. It's very grace-centered, and it's very loving and supportive of its youth and children's ministries. And so it's kind of this this like dream of a place that like, you know, wh- where they were when I came in uh, was they uh, were kind of kind of down in the dumps about their youth ministry stuff. Um, the guy that had started there before had been there for a long time, and then there was some space of nothing, and so it was kind of almost like. They had kind of gone through like a bad breakup where it was like we had we had known this thing in a certain way for so very long. And now we have to we don't know how to do it without him. And so there was a very much kind of um, kind of like starting over. And so it was almost a blank tablet in many ways that there was a canvas to work on uh, from stuff. But but there was also some DNA in the the kind of the conversation so so i spent the first six months just doing a lot of listening of you know what what do you like like what is when when do you like coming to church or like what are your favorite memories of the last few years and so there was inside of the group uh a, a deep resonance to go and be about mission stuff so one of the things that like i in that process discerned is that we're going to have to do some kind of travel mission trip every year. Now, it may only be like one state over or, you know, last year we went to Canada, which is not like, you know, this glamorous, um, you know, exotic kind of location or whatever. But for them, like they loved going to mission trip kind of excursions as much or more as going to like the camp experience. Yeah. And that, and that's, and that's a holdover from the previous youth minister that I am so thankful for because their heart is turned towards service. And so it was really important in whatever other aesthetic changes or, you know, stylistic changes that that was a DNA piece that was important. Uh, Also, there was a really strong culture of adult leaders leading small groups. Now that, that sounds pretty obvious, but I think the way in which to say it that's important is, I have really good leaders that have excellent skill sets or have been taught excellent skill sets and leading like a discussion group. They have not been really like groomed to be full blown teachers. Mm -hmm. And so like our Sunday morning model is different than most of the churches in town and that I don't just give them a lesson and turn them loose. Like they are doing a very particular kind of guided discussion. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I think we've, we've talked about this too. And I, and I've said this a lot, like, I think that's wise. And that's why so much I pour in and, and, and press in on guys to build a culture and not a ministry, because yeah. you come in to build a ministry, you're going to change so many things. And there you're going to change too much. But yeah. there are things that probably are sustainable and healthy, regardless yeah. of your circumstance. So taking time to really walk through that and discern those before you start really, you know, making a lot of those changes is really, really, really wise. Um, what what kind of things personally, what kind of expectations did you have personally for yourself walking back into that? Well, so th- so one of the things that you can only know when you take a second job over a first job is to ask before you even get there, what do you expect of me? And so for the, the Baptist process, there was a kind of a, a, a committee, because uh, there's always a committee in the Baptist process, yeah. but there was kind of a, a youth ministry steering or like call committee that was like kind of doing the selection process alongside of our executive pastor, HR kind of person. And so, uh, you know, I, for as many questions as they had for me of like, who are you? Why would you be our good youth pastor? I would say things like, well, what kind of youth pastor are you looking for? And, you know, and that's, and, and even if they don't have an answer, it's important to hear the answer and the non-answers because that helps to frame, you know, what's important, what's not important. Uh, like I say, one of the things that Chad and I've talked about recently in, in the realm of expectations is that sometimes we're really good at the thing that nobody cares that we're good at. Yeah. Like, 
I think a lot of youth pastors are like, oh my gosh, I've got to have the best Facebook page or I've got to have the best slides on my midweek service. And like, if, if that's a personal thing for you that you're like, man, if it doesn't look good, then I won't do it. Uh, that, that's fine. But don't, don't miss out that when you were in the, the first meeting or you were in the first kind of like waves of stuff, there was that mom that was like, I'd really like our youth pastor to be at our school lunches more. Yeah. So, so like for me, like slides on a Wednesday, always take a back seat to making sure I'm at least at a couple lunches every week because I had several moms voice. Like we, we like knowing that the, the student pastor who was full time took the time out during the week. We go visit some school lunches. Yeah. I had a so conversation that, with a parent from another church who is, <laughs> I'm at the place now where, uh, I've kind of hit a tipping point where nobody wants a guy as old as me to be the youth pastor. Because <laughs> they assume you're, you're like bringing your daughter lunch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> now it's like I'm not getting the call of like, are you interested in coming? It's like, do you yeah. know anyone? And uh, <laughs> who, who would be a good person? <laughs> yeah, who, who do you know that would be a good youth pastor? Which is fine. I'm content where I am and no, yeah. no desire to leave. But uh, so I was talking to this mom from the church, and she said, you know, we're looking for a youth pastor, and um, I, she said you know, tell me a little bit about it. I said, well, what do you feel like you're really looking for? Like, help me understand yeah, a little more. Yeah. And she said, well, I have a son who's in middle school. And I asked him the other night, what do you think the next youth pastor really needs to be like or have or do? And uh, she said, he told me, I think he really needs to love his students. Mm. And that's, first of all, really telling of the previous guy. Okay. Yeah. But second of all, like in that context, Nobody cares how amazing yeah. your Instagram feed looks. That's right. For your that's right. Ministry, if they just want you to love on students, yeah, and, yeah. And I think sometimes, in you know, our creativity can get in the way at times, or we just forget that at the end of the day, all that stuff can accentuate. But man, we've got to, we've got to do ministry, right? We've got to love yeah. on kids. We've got to love on parents. There um, are some things that are very core. Um, there are some things in your job that you get to pick to do, yeah. but there are some core things that you should be obligated to do. And, and I think knowing where in which those things are, are really important. I think sometimes, um, youth pastor friends, um, get, get kind of been out of shape when the hard work that they did for camp goes unnoticed, um, because they never went to any of the senior adult luncheons to tell them how important it was to go to camp yeah, uh, or whatever. Like, I mean, I think there's some of that moment or, or they feel unsupported by, by a ministry, um, because they didn't put the time in, in the other places. Yeah. And, and, and for anybody that's a full-time or part-time working as full-time kind of person, um, there, there is, uh, there is some core things that, they come with the territory that are not the things that you like to do or not the things that you think are like super like glamorous and fun to do that help build up the things that are the things that you do like to do. And well, it's important to make sure you hit those things. At the end of the day, you define success for your ministry. You, I mean, you, uh, you yeah, will over time. You, so you if you do, you do, if you're always talking about numbers, then everybody's yeah. always going to be concerned with numbers. That's right. That's right. And you communicate up as well. Don't expect yeah. or assume that everybody sees everything that you see in your ministry. So That's right. That's right. We sometimes have this expectation that because we're passionate about something or because we see something a certain way that everybody else is going to see it as the same. Yeah. But we have to be really careful that we don't create and manage, you know, we don't create these expectations that are not even existent, let alone false or, or unrealistic. And well, so and you've got to be able to champion 
your cause and your ministry along the way. That's right. I, I think I think that's a great line, Jody. That sometimes we're really good at creating expectations, but we're really poor at communicating expectations. Yeah. Uh, I, I think sometimes we confuse vision and expectations together. Um, like you, you should be. I mean, if you're trying something different, um, you, you should be letting your you know immediate boss person, whether that's the senior pastor, executive pastor, or a, a committee or a team, know why you're doing things a little differently. Yeah. Like, I mean, because, because they don't do your job in all the hours you do it. They've only, they, they only know your job now from the way it was done. And so if what you're offering is a futuring kind of proposal that would change the way that you're doing something or you're allocating a priority. Uh, like you, you need to let them know and communicate like what you foresee as a change in expectations so that they can begin to like kind of gauge, judge and grade you on the things that you want them to expect about you. Yeah, because um, if, if they pull out that job description that hasn't been updated in seven years, uh, you, you may not be throwing the monthly fellowship like you were supposed to. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> or whatever right. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think too you make a good point as far as like that hiring process of you know it's it's a two and as a young guy you twenty three year old Zach would not have known to say that no so, I so don't, was don't, say, don't, don't I, hear me say <laughs> I, as a as a as a younger guy any opportunity I had to go was like an amazing opportunity right yeah and and yeah. I hit a tipping point where. You know, maybe not so much. This is more of a uh, I'm interviewing you as much as you interviewing me kind of thing. I want to make sure that that we're a good fit for one another. That because you just want the job. You're like, I'll do whatever. I'll do whatever. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I, you know, I think there's still a part of you in in. To be honest, there's always a part of you in that that you don't want to lose, right? And sure, sure. But but you're right. And I think too, one of the things that I point out, if you're in a situation where there's a committee. Uh, whether it's a search committee or whatever, who's looking. I think one of the things to be really mindful of, especially when you're asking your questions, is generally speaking, the people that end up on those committees are the people that are really passionate about youth ministry. Yeah. yeah. And they may not necessarily, although not like intentionally so, but they may not be speaking for the rest of the church. Yeah. They may yeah. feel really passionate about the youth ministry doing you know, a certain thing or being a certain way that the rest of the church may not necessarily agree with. That's right. That's and so right. I think you've got to be wise in, in your questions as you're asking those things to be able to discern beyond that room what the expectations of the church as a whole are. Well, because it's so true that some people in the church uh, that are very invested in the church are, are measuring the youth ministry by how polite and mannered the young people are on the Sunday morning worship gathering. Sure. And that's it because that's all they see them in. Like, you know, they, they don't see the midweek thing that you guys like, put all the energy into and like really blew it out and had, you know, you know, lasers and lights and a band and whatever. If the kids are unruly on a Sunday morning that they notice or they see, um, that's what they're going to grade on. And that's probably not fair or right, but at least now we can be aware <laughs> yeah, and like, and begin to try to work towards that. And like, again, this is not about making sure that no boy wears a baseball cap into your Sunday morning gathering or that the kids never text during the sermon. Cause that's hard. And that's a weird kind of like police daycare role that none of us really sure. feel the vocational call for. But that is a, a part of the ways in which people are watching you do what you do. No. So. And I, I think, um, I think that just goes back to communicating as a whole and beyond yeah, beyond yeah. where you are. Um, and then I think you can 
you can uh, kind of head off a lot of that stuff over the longer portion uh, of your ministry. Yeah. You can say longer haul. It's okay. It's over the longer cheesy. haul. You can it's say, I'll cheesy, say, man. I'll say it for you. Over the longer haul of your ministry. Do you know what's funny? <laughs> this, this is a total side note, but um, probably at least once an episode, there's something that comes up where I, I you know, that's like, yeah. that's the next thing. But I always feel like if I say it, it's it's like really cheesy, like I'm trying to. No, I'll say it. I'll say it. I'll, I'll let you say mine. But over the longer haul, over the longer haul, I'm yeah. with you. No, but do you know good. what I mean? Like you can head yeah. off a lot of those things early. And then work towards that. But I think as you consistently communicate the same vision and expectations and successes, yeah. then uh, a lot of those things really begin to to diminish. And you have to be able to do that without getting offended. Yeah, and that is really hard. Um, it, we, we none of us have thick enough skin, and that's and that's so that's so hard because if it feels like so much of the the, the call makes it a one-way street of you know everybody gets to dog us and we never get to dog back <laughs> yeah and that's uh you just have to develop really keen senses of humor and really uh important seasons or sabbaths of rest um and that's really yeah it just takes a really it's taken me a very long time to not get offended at every criticism right. or critique right and well and, and again it goes back to you put 40 to 60 to 70 hours a week into this they showed up for 40 minutes and saw one thing they didn't like yeah and they, they didn't know they they, sure. they didn't know that you had put so much into it they didn't know and again you got to communicate it because they, they got to know that you really really put a lot of time into it or that that young man that was so like uh, disruptive during Sunday morning worship has never been to church ever because his parents are both incarcerated and he's coming to us from a foster home and like he just doesn't know what to do yet but we're so glad he's there yeah and recognize and, that some people still won't care and some people will still not care because we're a church full of saints and sinners yeah that's right <laughs> yeah. I don't know yeah. about your church that's, that's not my church we, oh no no yeah, all yeah. the good people of Atlanta are all pretty wholesome and holy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah. You've, have you ever driven through Atlanta uh, I've fair. been to your airport there is a lot there's a lot of good gospel work <laughs> to be done in Atlanta yeah yeah man you know yeah man that's it's a, true it's well I'll just true. leave that at that uh, yep okay so as far as like stepping in like do you have just and this is we didn't talk about this ahead of time obviously but are there like two or three things that you can think of right off the top of your head that you'd throw out there for listeners to help them like manage expectations on both sides like yeah hey as you're I, stepping I, into a new position here are two or three things that I've really learned mm-hmm. or saw and if you will just do this it'll make things so much easier and better for you I think there's a lot, and this is hard for some, and take take this whenever you're listening to this as, as your first day or your new day, but I think you finish how you start. And I yeah, think it's really so important to, on the front end, name the things um, because it's really hard to – I mean I know that youth pastors love the ask for forgiveness not permission rule, but uh, – 30-year-old Zach would look at 23-year-old Zach and be like, "That that's fun to say, but you're going to do better longer if you on the front end can describe, declare, proclaim, and, and goal-orient the things that you want to be about because that gives – and this is the second part – your senior pastor, your lead pastor, your, your direct boss – ways to protect you and support you. Um, if you're trying something new or you're doing an outreach event, that's a little bit, you know, contestable because you're bringing in that band or you're doing that thing or whatever. If you're, if your support structure, which is the person that, you know, is, is over your role or guiding you or guiding or directing the church or, you know, your parent support team or committee knows what's going on. 
they can protect the things that they're aware of and you've got to let them know on the front end. Uh, the second thing is to manage expectations for yourself. I think a lot of youth pastors struggle with, I, I didn't change enough lives. Uh, rule number one in youth ministry, you can't fix anybody. No, the you best can't. advice, the best advice <laughs> oh, I have Oh, you got it, you got it, yeah, yeah. This is it, okay? Okay, so I, the best. I was the like, best. I mean, this is without a doubt uh, the best advice. I was a very young youth pastor. It was like okay. a couple years in, and I started at 18, so I had no clue. So I, when I was You were like, just voting. <laughs> barely, you know? Like, uh, depending, I don't even remember, depending on how that fell, I mean, I've been able to vote. Right, uh, right, right. <laughs> but, so, uh, I sat down with a, a youth pastor that I that was in the area, so we talk about networking, right? Who yeah, was, yeah. was amazing. Uh, to this day, one of the best youth pastors I've ever seen. And I said, man... Uh, I'm, I don't even know how to ask this, but, you know, I'd really like for you to mentor me, yada, 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 which, you know, that probably wasn't the best approach. And, right, right. Um, I said, teach me what you yeah, know. Teach me yeah. everything you know. Everything you know. And so I said, can you give me like, give me one or two principles that have changed the way you do ministry. Um, and he said, um, don't be the Holy Spirit. Mm. He said, it'll be the hardest thing you ever do, but it will be yeah. the thing that saves your ministry. Mm. You cannot be the Holy Spirit for your kids. Mm-hmm. He said, mm-hmm. there is a Holy Spirit and you're not there him. There is. That's you're right. That's right. Uh, but you have to pour in and invest and minister to and love on students and then pray that God shows up. Yeah. And, that's right. That's right. Uh, and you, that's, and that's, and that's that. the hard part um, is that we, we feel like even if the call we have is supernatural, even if the vocation that we're a part of is supernatural, much of the work we do is, is work. I mean, it, it, we, we, are, we are gardeners, we are farmers that are planting seeds in soil, praying for rain, and tilling, and tilling the good work. Um, the, the seed still has to sprout, and, and we cannot make the seed sprout. Yeah. And so there's got to be times, there's got to be ways, there's got to be days where we can go home and rest on the fact that God will finish the good work that God starts. Yeah. And uh, man, like it's, everything seems so accessible and so convenient that we could just do it, but the truth is, Seeds have to sprout. Yeah, and, and that's can plant really seeds, hard. But, mm, it is because it's so ministry so is hard. really lonely. It is. You know, it is. Uh, leading is very lonely uh, because you're always out front. That's right. You're, you're always right. out front. So yeah, I think that's good. Managing expectations for yourself uh, is really really important for sure. Yeah. Um, you got another one or? I, mean, I, th- I think, I mean, know, know what's required of your job yes. and know what you should require of yourself. Uh, give yourself permission to ask less of yourself. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. That's, and that's my struggle, to be honest. Like, yeah. my, I will overwork, overprepare. Yeah. Uh, why, why not? It's God's work. Why not do extra? <laughs> and, I mean, and, you know, and uh, I mean, we, we talked about that even earlier before we started recording. Like, yeah. I just want to do everything I do really well. And so yeah. sometimes... Sometimes that puts me in a place of uh, some unrealistic expectations, and um, and it. Let, let me let me give you let me give you my free one from my worship pastor, who is one of the most talented guys I know, Jody. There's a difference between perfection and excellence. Yeah, for sure. Don't be perfect; just be excellent. You know what my worship <laughs> pastor says? He says, if, "Yeah, what is he, he says if you can't make it good, make it loud." <laughs> That's an, an, another great philosophy. We, yeah. we we should have we should have worship, worship pastor longer hall. I feel like I would love I would love to hear their stories. I feel like they're way more fun than us. Oh my god! Well, they they get to the, the, last night they had a vote on getting new lighting. I was like, I want to vote on new lighting. Yeah, does that it's mean great. I get the old lighting? 
Uh, I, I was secretly whispering that to myself. I think that's how that works. When the worship, I think so. when the worship folks get new stuff, we get their old stuff. I mean, I'm in the old chapel. I should get the hand-me-down lighting. Yeah. 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 We get, <laughs> I want all your hand-me-downs, especially the stuff that's broken and that you're throwing away. Well, so yeah. So I got two wireless units. Uh, one works, one doesn't. But it was free, so thanks. <laughs> but it was free and I had to pay for it. It didn't come out of my budget, so great. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. Do you want to talk about just uh, – I know you've, you're running to something here shortly, but uh, why don't you tell folks just a little bit about the podcast, about After yeah. 9? Yeah. So we, we love Jody and we are so thankful for the longer haul, but a good friend of mine, uh, Chad Higgins, who is in my network, he's 20 minutes up the road, uh, started a podcast called after nine. And so the, the title comes from the questions that you as a youth pastor might ask yourself walking across the parking lot on a Sunday or a midweek gathering where you just are in existential crisis mode because you've just been around X number of emotional raw teenagers. And so questions like, does this matter? Am I good enough for this? Is this job making me fat? <laughs> what does my senior pastor do on midweek? Like, I, I never see him. Like, I mean, just all, all of those kind of like, who am I kind of questions that we typically ask like right after the exhaustion and exertion of, of doing youth ministry. Uh, and so we're just trying to start some honest conversations. Um, they're really funny and great. Chad is quite the storyteller and it is always a wonderful hour of humor and honesty and we just we love it and so it's been a lot of fun yeah and it's high quality i mean it's really oh thanks man thanks you guys have put a lot of work into it i'm I'm a former i'm a former musician so we already had some pretty good mics laying around so that was that helps yeah yeah Yeah, that helps and so where can people find you so uh so my my, i'm at zach workin on twitter so at z-a-c workin w-o-r-k-u-n and then he's at Chad Higgins on Twitter, Chad Higgins with two G's. Uh, but at After Nine Ministry is the Twitter handle to find us or Facebook.com slash After Nine Ministry. But www.afternineministry.com is our webpage and has all those links and stuff. So After Nine Ministry.com. Uh, we we love it. It's a growing community. It's a lot of fun. We'll be at some different things throughout this year. Uh, and we just really want to be a source um, and an encouragement to youth ministers that are asking tough questions that have either been doing it for seven months or 17 years um, that we're all asking the questions. Uh, we just want to start the dialogue. Yeah, super good. Definitely head over and check that out for sure. Uh, man, I know you'll enjoy it and like it. Be sure, as with all podcasts you love, especially this one and that one, subscribe to those so yes, that please. you can uh, yeah. get those episodes when they come out, right? And new leave episodes a review. every Wednesday after 9. So every Wednesday after 9 p.m. Central Time, there's always something new. So we try to take care of you. So good. Yeah. Write and leave reviews. That's encouraging. That keeps you going, right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It helps out a ton. <laughs> helps out a ton with the rankings and reviews as well so other youth pastors can find it. So that's really helpful as well. Um, any resource you throw out before you... So we, we talked about this a little bit before, uh, and I'm, some folks may be already using it, but as the husband of an educator, uh, I am always privy to like whatever's new and cool in education technology. Um, this has been around for a little bit, but Remind app, it formerly was Remind 101, has been nothing but ministry gold for communicating to both our students and our parents. So you can set up an account. Uh, as a teacher, professor kind of person, you can give yourself a free doctorate and you can be professor such and such. Uh, And then you can have um, text numbers with keywords for folks to text in like a lot of other texting apps. But the ways in which you can organize the classes, uh, quote unquote classes inside of the app is great. You never have to give out your own personal cell phone number, which is in the world of 2016 and uh, privacy and concern and, you know, being above reproach is wonderful. 
Um, but they've also added a chat feature, which lets you in a very like um, uh, monitored kind of way um, do some feedback with folks. So, for instance, we've sent out text messages to parents before, and they were like, wait, what is the date again? And so you can respond back to their specific message um, from the account, again, without having to divulge your personal information. Uh, and also in a way um, that you can have other maybe leaders in your ministry sign up and use. I know that for my assistant and I, we both use it so I can track when she's posting messages or when she has messages scheduled. And it's just been a really a real delight uh, to communicate to folks because, yeah, Facebook and Twitter and Insta are great for kind of blasting. Uh, but there is nothing like sending specific um, and directed text messages to your senior guys, to your middle school students, to your parents. It's been yeah, great. That's awesome. Communication is super important for longevity, for sure. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like if you want to get fired really quickly, don't communicate. That's right. Just have events, spend the money, never tell anybody, or never communicate fully what it was about. Um, lots of great parent concerns and questions there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, yep. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for taking time while you're driving. Oh, Jody, thank you. Yeah, man. It's been a Fancy. fun drive, and I'm going to pull in here to Oklahoma City and go do some more meeting. But, Jody, I appreciate you and all your hard work, man. Yes, sir. Be sure to check out the After 9 podcast. Head over to after9ministry.com and connect with all these guys. Check out Remind app for sure. And, uh, yeah, Zach, we'll catch you later, man. Thanks a lot, Jody. I'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, man. All right, there you have it. Great interview with Zach. Love what he's doing over there with the After 9 podcast. Appreciate so much his heart for youth pastors and for just kind of giving forward and giving back there. So I hope you go over and check that out. Again, all the links and resources we mentioned will be in the show notes over at thelongerhall.com slash episode 037. I'm also going to link to a couple of posts there that I have written on the blog about expectations. In particular, one that I believe we as youth pastors often come into churches with, expectations fair or not. So if you are a youth pastor for sure, I'd love for you to go over and check that out and then just uh, let me know if those things resonate with you. The other is a post that I believe churches, uh, expectations that I believe churches have for youth pastors, right, wrong, or fair. And so you can check that out too. I'll link to both of those there in the show notes. Also, you'll find a link there for audible.com. I love audible.com, man. If you've been listening to the podcast for any amount of time, you've heard me talk about it a bunch. That's really because I love it. I enjoy it. It is such a practical way for me to be able to read more and um, do that kind of on the go. And so for listeners of Longer Haul, there is a special promotion that you can get there. You can get the first uh, month trial there. You can get a 30-day free trial and get any download of any of the 250,000-plus books they have there. So surely you can find one there you'll like. So head over to longerhall.com slash audible trial and grab your free 30-day trial and download. Just see if you like it. If you don't, if it doesn't work for you, that's fine. I'm not trying to push anything on you. I just know it's been really, really helpful for myself and a ton of other listeners that I've heard from as well. And that'll do it for today. That'll put this episode in the books. Man, next episode's a phenomenal episode. We are talking to Rick Lawrence from a group publishing. We're talking about how to get the most out of a conference. A lot of us find ourselves heading to conferences, and if you're like me, you can feel really overwhelmed with all of the options and all things available. So he'll be giving us some tips on that, as well as talking a little bit about the upcoming Simple Youth Ministry Conference, which is one of my favorites. So be sure to check out the next episode when it comes out. If you've not already, head over to iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast there or on Stitcher, your favorite podcast player. 
so that you can get every episode as they come out and you'll be able to be one of the first to hear next week's episode. And it would help me out a ton. I would appreciate it a bunch if you could head over to iTunes and write a review there, leave a review for the podcast that really helps with ranking, helps other youth pastors find the podcast. And really, honestly, is just super encouraging for me um, to do that If when I see those and I read all those um, for sure. So thanks again for listening and taking time out of your day. I hope it's been helpful for you. We'll see you again in the next episode. And until then, give them Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Longer Hall Youth Ministry Podcast at www.thelongerhall.com. Thank <laughs> you.